it's a good day. It's good to see everybody, all the smiling faces, everybody coming out to receive of the Word of God today. Man, it's vital that we are on the receiving end of what God is saying today. Man. Father, let's just pray. Father, we just thank you for this time. Thank you that your Word, Lord, is true to us. Your Word will never lie to us. We thank you today, Father, that as the Word goes forth, it will not return void. It, 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 it will accomplish. It, it's not going to just go out there and stop. It's going to go in the ears. It, 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 it's going to get down in them because of their meditation of it. They're going to do something with the Word, and the Word will affect their lives. Father, we're so grateful. We're so thankful. We give you all the praise, all the glory today. Thank you as it goes forth, it is producing in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. Glory to God. Well, we've been in a series entitled Framing Your World. And I just feel like that this series pretty much touches every series because <clears throat> you know anything that you talk about anything that I'll just say anything that we talk about from this pulpit anything that we talk about has to do directly or indirectly with how the word of God affects us in our lives our thinking um there's, there's no reason for me to preach to you my opinions about things. You, you get enough of people's opinions all day long. Amen? You, you get people's opinions on the job. You get people's opinions when you walk in the grocery store. You get people's opinions when you go to the coffee shop. You get people's opinions all the time. You get people's opinions all day long, more than one at the same time when you watch the news. You get everybody's opinion. Well, this is what I think. And, and I, I've just gotten to the place where it really doesn't matter what I think. What matters is what I know. It really doesn't matter what I think. Because I can have an opinion, you have an opinion, you know, and, and at the end of the day, I mean, it may be worth a cup of coffee. I don't know. But I'm saying today, what really matters in our lives, what really matters is what we know in God. And you'll never know God by just reading books about God. And you'll never really know God just reading the Bible. You can start out and read Genesis to Revelation, and what you'll do is you'll read about God. You'll read about Him, and you read books that talk about God so you know what the books say and the authors tell you about it. But there's only one way. There's only one way that you can know God. And it's through the process of God's Word coming to you through your 
eyes and ears, and what you do with the word with what you say. Scripture we've already looked at in this series, that death and life are in the power of what I say. Death and life are are not in the power of what I think. It's what I say. Because what I say will change the way I think. So you can think one way and all your opinions be tied to a certain way of thinking that doesn't line up with the Word of God, and that's okay because we're all there at different times and different forms of, of thinking because of where we've come from. Our past taught us all kinds of things. And it's not enough for me to just read about something different. How many in here, you like reading books? Okay. How many would say this, that if you read a book one time, and maybe you're different than than I am. If I read a book, because today, I mean, some of my high school books still, if they were new, they still had the little tab over the end. I don't think I ever read a book in high school. I was too busy trying to get away with all kinds of stuff. You know, and I don't think I ever spent any time. But when I got saved, right before I graduated high school, I got saved. And when I got saved, I I, I got enthralled with the Bible. And I just began to read the Bible, and I began to read books about the Bible. And um, through the years, probably on a yearly basis now, I probably read somewhere in a year's time, I probably, which isn't a whole lot of books, I know a lot of people read read actually hundreds of books in a year but I probably read somewhere between 20 and 25 maybe 30 books depending on the year every year some spiritual books some novels I love novels I love suspense novels you know and if if I let myself if I let my flesh have its way I'd read those all the time right but I can read maybe three a year I'll read those because it does, it does something to have something different than just reading spiritual things so that you can read something and get something spiritual out of a novel that you read. You, you can. So I spend more time reading spiritual books than I'm reading anything else. But then I read books on leadership. Some of the leadership books I've read, especially in the last few years, the people aren't even Christians. But I promise you, all the information that they got, they got from God. Yeah, and some of them have some really good ideas. And I will not reject it because they don't. So I, I'll take in what, I, what, what is right, the things that aren't, and you just throw it out. But it's good to practice that. But the majority of the books I read have to do with people that understand spiritual truths. And how many times have you read a book, and someone else read the book, and they said, yeah, you, you know, I really like that part about this, and you're thinking... I don't even remember that. Right? I'm telling you today, it's not enough to read. Because the devil will come after you. If all you're doing is reading, he'll come after you and stir up all kinds of things to get you to forget what you read. But when you're speaking the word on a daily basis, 
And that word that you're speaking is beginning to change the way that you think. It begins to empower you. And what it is, it's the seed of that word. Because the Bible says when we declare the word, it's like we're planting seed in the ground. How many know that in the seed itself is the harvest of everything that you, you're looking for? In an apple seed are all the bushels of apples. In that little bitty seed. All the bushels of apples are in that little bitty seed. And you and I have to be constantly planting and watering and cultivating. And if we're not, we'll forget. And if we're not, things don't get established. So we know about God, we know everything about God, but if we're not faithful in our Seed planting, our watering of the seed, our cultivating and developing that seed, in other words, framing our world with the Word of God, then what happens is we know about that world, but actually we're doing more existing in this world than we are the world that frames our world because we're not framing it. We're spending more time in this world of fear and doubt and unbelief, and intimidation, and all those different things. We spend more time in that world and it controlling us than over here because we're not doing the work of framing that, this, this new world. The worlds were framed by the Word of God. And if we don't take what God has given us and frame our world with that, then we'll live in this fallen world even though Jesus has paid for our deliverance. We'll live in this law-abiding this law world of fear and torment instead of living in the grace and the empowerment from God that He intended for all of humanity to live in. That's why our worlds have to be framed. One of the verses that we have read James 3, 2, we all stumble in many ways. We all do. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect or mature or developed. Able to keep their whole body in check. Why? Because if you're not saying the wrong thing, it's because you're busy saying what he says. Because everything that God says is right. And it's so. My world has to be framed by that. Listen, we're, we're not... I mean, we're all smarter than... I'm just talking about you and I. We are all smarter than people give us credit for. And there are a lot of unsaved people today that think that people that are Christians are idiots. Say this after me. I'm not an idiot. No. Because you're developing and learning to put your faith in somebody that you can't see, you can't feel and touch him in most cases. If he wants to manifest himself, he'll do whatever he wants, but that's not the way he set it up. He set it up for you and I to believe him based on what he said. And not being moved by anything that we face day to day, no matter what it looks like, I'm going to trust him. But you're, you're not going to just do that. You have to build a way of thinking 
and establish it to where you believe that more than you believe anything else. That's what framing your world is about. If we never say the wrong thing, we're the same as a perfect or a developed person able to control everything in their flesh. And yet, a lot of people are trying to control their flesh when that's putting the cart before the horse. You will not control the appetites of your flesh, and that's not just food, that's anything. You will not control the appetites of your flesh and what you want. You will not control them effectively the way God wants if you're not framing your way of thinking based on what God says is good for you or isn't good for you. Then, listen, listen to me. So what I'm saying is this. If, you're, if your daily routine continues to be developed in what you say, if your daily routine continues to be developed, you saying and speaking the word of God, what that verse of scripture is saying is, if you continue to do that and be faithful to it, then you begin to have the power to control everything you do in life. It's in what you say. It's in the seed that you sow out of your mouth, the things you talk about out of your mouth. So the more you say what he says is so, the more you're empowered to control everything you do. So then you're in control instead of your flesh telling you what you want. And then you doing what your flesh telling you to do instead of what God is telling you to do. You're going to obey, obey one or the other. I'm telling you today, God wants you and I obeying Him. And I'm telling you, you will never obey God if you don't begin to change what you say. So th think about several of these statements. Okay, just think about these. Is this part of your vocabulary today? Is it part of your vocabulary to say things like, you hate a certain person because of things that they do. You hate them. Is it part of your vocabulary to, to voice things out of your mouth about other people because of their actions or what they've done to you? You hate them. If you really knew what hate is, the Bible says hate coming out of your mouth is, the form of, is, is a form of murder. That's what the Bible says. It's a form of murder. So I, I'd have to say that I don't think anybody in here today really hates. But we're flippant with our words. We just say whatever we want to say. How many in here today, you say, you make this statement, or you've made this statement at times in, in, in the past? Man, if it's not one thing, it's something else. Something breaks. All of a sudden, you walk outside, you're late for work, and your tire's flat. Man, if it's not one thing, it's something else. This doesn't happen, it's something else. Always voicing, always saying out of your mouth and declaring things based on how something looks. 
you walk in the house, your, your refrigerator stopped working, and maybe you were gone for a couple of days, and you come home, and, you know, it, it, I mean, maybe things spoiled or something happened with the refrigerator. If the first thing that comes out of your mouth is talking the problem, it's because you've not reframed your world. So, Pastor, you're saying that if, if, I be, if I'm positive about the refrigerator breaking, then God will fix my refrigerator. Yeah. Yeah. You mean heaven will just come down and put a new motor in it? No. No, there's no motors in heaven. Okay. Here's an example. You come home, you've been gone a couple of days, refrigerator quit working. Maybe in a couple of days it probably wouldn't ruin the food, but you know, it, if it stayed shut, but you're gone for five days. And you come home and the refrigerator's not working and everything's spoiled in the refrigerator. You look at that, first thought you have is, I want to say all the things that I just said. But down inside of you, you begin to Look to God as your source for your refrigerator. You say, well, okay, we'll just get rid of the refrigerator and buy another one. Well, some people that's okay, but other people it's not that simple. And it could be another situation that would hinder you or, or challenge you financially or whatever it is. I'm talking about if buying a new refrigerator is going to challenge you. Here's the words that come out of your mouth. This is what God wants you to do. I'm, I'm going to frame that situation with the word. Okay, Father, I, you know, it's kind of discouraging. Gone for five days, had a great time, come back, and here's this. Father, I'm not declaring out of my mouth. It seems like if it's not one thing, it's something else. And Lord, because I'm a tither, the devourer is rebuked from devouring me devouring me financially father I, I i'm i'm not sure what to do in this situation but you said when i lack wisdom that you give me the wisdom that comes from you and it will show me how to do everything that i need to do so father right now i just begin to worship you i thank you that you meet all of my needs according to your riches and glory by christ jesus i honor you today i give you praise and glory and honor so somebody sarcastically could say, and there, there could be some sarcastic minds in what I'm saying to you right now. That's all right. I've been sarcastic, didn't believe things. Like, like uh, Eric said about the offering, you know, he, he was raised in church and then he, then he was real critical. Well, why, why, why do we need to give? Well, what happened was he got out of the word and away from the things of God and the world and its way of thinking began to show him you don't need to give. What, what, what was the enemy trying to do? Steal from him. He was after him to steal from him. But in this type of a situation right here, someone sarcastically would say, okay, so then uh, some repair guy is going to knock on my door and give it to me for free? Not with that attitude. No, not with that attitude. But see, what most people do that have never learned to frame the word, that their world with the word of God, they underestimate the power of the seed of the word working on their behalf. What if that happened? 
I'm not saying that, 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 that that's exactly how it's going to happen. How things get done are not in our control. When we put our faith out and confidence in him, he's already made the way before the refrigerator broke. But when you get in doubt and unbelief and you get in your complaining mode and you begin to say all kinds of things, then what happens is out there that everything gets in the mode of confusion, the enemy has his way, and things stop for you. So whatever plan God had set up, you shut it down because of the words of your mouth. Now, if you don't believe that, you need to learn to believe that. You're not going to just believe it because I said it. I'm telling you, I believe it after 45 years of salvation and learning the word of God in my life. I believe it today more than I believe anything else. I can't. If I, to to this point, and I've challenged you at different times about watching the words that come out of your mouth and about being negative about other people, I just, I cannot tolerate because of what I'm working on in my life, where I'm going, what I'm expecting to receive from God, I can't allow my mouth to say anything negative about anybody in any situation. I can't do it. And when I do, I'm quick to repent because I don't want what my words are doing in the form of seeds working against my harvest, and I'm not just talking about financial, I'm talking about my harvest in every way. Physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, spiritually, my marriage, my family, everything. I want to be on the receiving end. And I must be framing my world daily with the Word of God, putting seeds out there that are producing harvest That is what God wants to give me. See, what I'm receiving is not, hear me when I say this, what I'm on the receiving end of is not what I've created. I'm on the receiving end by framing my world with the word of God. I'm on the receiving end of what God's already done for me. Now I'm positioning myself to receive that. See, because like with the refrigerator, begin to pray in the Spirit. Does that mean an angel flew in and took all the bad food out and threw it away for you so you didn't have to do anything? No. He'll help you, but he won't do it for you. Hmm? So that means you need to turn on some preaching as you're cleaning your refrigerator out. You need to turn on some praise and worship music and begin to worship God and thank him. Lord, I thank you that I'm physically fit to clean out my refrigerator. I mean, find something. Amen? Father, you know, all this food is spoiled, but I thank you that you're going to give me back double. And, and Lord, and actually, I'm going to start sowing food into people's lives right now. I mean, you, there's no telling what God will show you and reveal to you when you don't give in to how you feel or move by the circumstance that happened in that situation. You get on the offensive and begin to sow and do as God tells you to do. Opportunities just open up because God already has the plan. He has the way to accomplish it. And you get out of your emotions and you get your mind off yourself and woe is me and poor me, I got to fix this and if it's not one thing, it's something else. You get rid of that. Man, you're positioning yourself under an open heaven and he said, 
blessing will be poured out on you. There's not room enough to receive it. Another thing in that time, I don't think I just said that. Another thing in those times, I, I declare, Father, I'm a tither. No, I said that. Yeah, I'm a tither. The devourer is rebuked. He is literally rebuked and has no ability or right to devour me. You've given me authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy, and nothing would hurt me or harm me. Can you say amen to that? Wow. Hello. So, I said this to you last week, and I just have two other verses of Scripture I'm going to read, and I'm done today. But I said this to you last week, and I want you to really think about it more and more and more all the time. God is not running the world. He's running you and I. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. 2 Corinthians 4 says that Satan is the God of the world system, the thinking. He's the God of the world system. Okay? Jesus defeated him, and the only power in that system that he has over you is what you give him. Because he's defeated. Did you hear me? But God's not running the world. Because if God was running the world, it would look just like heaven right now. God's running you and I. And we're becoming more accustomed to know how to be in the driver's seat that God put us in. Okay? He's like the co-pilot, the helper. We're the pilot. He's the co-pilot, but... He's the original pilot with all the information, and we have to do it his way. But he's put us in the pilot seat, and he's a co-pilot, constantly reminding us, yeah, but I didn't tell you to do that. Okay, all right. I didn't tell you to go that direction. Okay, move it back. Constantly. He's not running the world, he's running us. And so... When I say something out of my mouth that he says is so, I'm changing the world. I'm not saying you believe that. I believe that. In the thousands and thousands and thousands of people that I pray for every single day, when I speak over these people, when I speak over you and the people that I pray over every day, I'm changing the world. But the reason I believe that is not through pride that I'm something special. I believe it because the word has revealed it to me. That by my words, it says by your words are you condemned or blessed. By your words are you established. Death and life for my life are in the power of what I say. God wants you and I to believe that what we say is more powerful than anything else. It's not enough just to think about God or to know who He is. It's got to be coming out of your mouth. And the seed of that word is what establishes your life to make a difference. Psalm 1 and verse 1. I'm going to read it in three translations. Start with the New King James Version of Psalm 1 one through three. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. 
gosh. But his delight, his delight, his delight. You know, I, I, I wish I could make you delight in the Word. I wish I could, I wish through the years there were times when I could have made myself be delighted with the word. But until I made myself develop a daily routine that is more important to me than anything else I do in the day, until that happened, and, and I don't know how many years it's been that I've never missed that daily routine now, but I made myself in the beginning because I can't say that all the time I was delighted about the Word. But I'm telling you today, on my worst days, whew, on my worst days, when the Word comes out of my mouth, it's like every part of my body is electrified. It's like everything about me. I mean, the moment one of those words, and, and, and for 30 minutes almost, Sometimes longer, but, but, but based on, on what I have established for about 30 minutes, the word is coming out of my mouth nonstop. Sometimes I'll do those 30-minute increments three or four times a day because I want to. But with that and the establishment of that on the inside of me, there is a delight in the word that I never actually thought I would have. Even up to maybe 15 years into my born-again life, I didn't think that I would delight in the Word the way I do today. You know why? Because it was a labor. And it was a labor to pray, it was a labor to study and read. Not that I didn't like it, but it was a labor. But when I begin to realize the importance of speaking and saying and declaring the word so that my world and my thinking begins to be framed with what God thinks about everything, it changed my whole life. And today I delight in the word of God. It's not a have to. There's days when scheduling tries to rob me from that sometimes. It's not right at the same exact time, but I promise you the day doesn't go by without it. I can't live without it. I can't exist on planet earth without it. Because I need it as a reminder to combat anything and everything that I face on a day-to-day -day basis. And the more you do this, the more you'll have to deal with. That's why you need it. But this person, he said... His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law, his word. He meditates day and night. Who has he become, verse 3? He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, brings forth its fruit in its season, not before, not after, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. I don't know about you, but that's my kind of life right there. I said, that's my kind of life right there. You and I are not smart enough to create this. I don't care who you are, how much information you have or whatever. You're not smart enough to create this. You may have stuff, 
But the fear you operate in controls every ounce of your body and you can't enjoy anything that you have. But you look at that third verse, it covers every area. And God wants us to be at peace in the things that we receive. Listen to the passion translation of these three verses. What delight comes to the one who follows God's ways? He won't walk in step with the wicked, nor share the sinner's way, nor be found in the the scorner's seat. In other words, talking ugly about people. His pleasure and passion is remaining true to the word of I am. Meditating day and night in the true revelation of light. He will be standing firm like a flourishing tree planted by God's design, deeply rooted by the brooks of bliss, Mm. bearing fruit in every season of his life. He is never dry, never fainting, ever blessed, and ever prosperous. I got to read that again. Bearing fruit in every season of his life, he is never dry, never fainting, ever blessed, ever prosperous. Everybody say, that's me. I mean, I mean, we have to do the other part, and yet the doing of the other part is with his word by the empowerment of His Spirit, giving us everything that we need to accomplish whatever and putting faith in the seed of that Word working for me and the opportunities and the blessings coming my way because of what I'm framing with. And I just never quit. Galatians 6, 9 says, if you don't quit, you will reap. Can you say amen? And then I want to read this in the message translation. The strange message translation. Verse 1. How well God must like you. He really likes me. I don't know why, but he really does. Hmm? How well God must like you. You don't hang out in sin saloon. You don't slink along dead-end road. You don't go to smart mouth college. Only the message could say it. Instead, you thrill. You thrill to God's word. Mm, I can't wait. You thrill to God's word. You chew on scripture day and night. And you're a tree replanted in Eden. We could preach a whole message on that. You're a tree replanted in Eden. Bearing fresh fruit every month. Never dropping a leaf. Always in blossom. Everybody say always. Well, Pastor, you know, you can't always be in blossom because there's different seasons and the trees and the leaves have to fall. And Okay, you argue with the word. <clears throat> Amen? It's a translation. 
But I like what it says because it gets you mentally thinking that even if you're in a season where things, maybe some leaves are dropping and things aren't exactly right, internally, you're blossoming. See, because you're connected to him. Can you say amen to that? So, today I want to end with this. And I want you to, I want you to, See yourself, as I'm reading this passage today, I want to see yourself, I want you to see yourself framing your world with these words, okay? These words right here, and actually, I'm going to start with verse 4, except I think I'm going to start with verse 13, read it, and then I'm going to go to verse 4. So verse 13 says this, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who is my strength. He's my strength. I can do anything because he strengthens me. Now he is Jesus, but he is the living word. So if I'm framing my world with the word of God, then he strengthened me, I can do anything. So, Watch as these verses of Scripture apply to what you face every single day. Follow with me. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I'm reminding you, rejoice. Why would he tell you that? Because if you rejoice and you give God praise and you allow your mouth to honor Him and His greatness, then you don't find your mouth... What, 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 did, what, did, what did the message call that? Um, smart Mouth College. You, you, won't be, you won't be enrolled in Smart Mouth College. Amen? When you're rejoicing, but you gotta, you gotta listen, we've all been Smart Mouth. Everybody, one form or another. You gotta replace, replace Smart Mouth with rejoicing and acknowledging how great God is. Watch this. Let your gentleness the new king james says let your gentleness be known to all men that word there actually is translated unselfishness let your unselfishness be known to all people the lord is at hand be anxious for nothing watch you won't just not be anxious or worried or fretting over situations that you face that's not enough watch it here's how you do it with your mouth But in everything, by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Now, you know what I used to do? I used to read that as, and it it relates to it somewhat, but I I used to read that as, let your request of what you want be known to God. Like you have a pressing need and you're asking God to meet that need. But I believe in the context of what he's talking about here is he's saying, Let your requests, let your prayers and your petitions before God be declared with a heart of thanksgiving, thanking God that, Lord, today I have all this this potential stress and anxiety, the the fretting that is trying to come on me. The enemy is trying to get me to fret and be anxious about this, but I will not be. 
Today I come before you with thanksgiving, thanking you that you've already made a way for me. Even where it seems like there's no way, there's no answer in the situation, you've already made the way, and I'm rejoicing and giving you glory and praise. That's what he's saying right there. Yeah, we can go before him with certain needs and that kind of thing, but when you're, if you're going before him, oh God, help me with this situation, and then you, you quit saying that, and now you're in a complaining mode, you're in a worried mode, you're in a fretful mode, it's because you've not spent time learning how to reframe the what you say and how you live in life. Framing your world with the right kind of words. So he says, let your requests be made known to God and what? The peace of God, which surpasses all of your understanding, will do what? Will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. In our prayer circle, Josh was talking about the peace that we have that Jesus gave us. He gave us his peace. So when the potential is to worry, when you have a, we have a situation that's like coming against your life, you, you, like with insurmountable odds against you, you don't know what to do, you know, the potential there is to fret. No, we have the peace of God to draw from. But listen to me, the peace won't just come, actually it's already there, but it won't overtake your mind and your heart if you've not been framing ahead of time. If out of desperation you're trying to, oh, I need to say this thing or that thing, I need to throw a few verses of Scripture in there. That's not enough. This isn't, this isn't trying to magically make something happen through our confession. It's our confession to change the way we think so we can have relationship with God, think how he does, and when these issues and these situations come, he's already got it covered. I'm telling you, he's already got everything already worked out. There's not an issue whatsoever. And I need to be building and framing my world daily so I can draw from him the answers that I need the way he wants to get it to me. And he'll do it every single time. He'll never miss. He won't forget you. But when you don't see God in the midst of being the answer to the things that you're facing, you go back and trace what's coming out of your mouth. I promise you, 150% of the time, it's tied to what you say. You can take it. You can leave it. I'm telling you, it's the absolute truth. So, here's his instruction in the, in, in the last verse, in the last two verses. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, and if there's anything worthy, anything praiseworthy, notice what he said. And, and the word here, one translation says, think on these things. The, the, the real word in the Greek is the word meditate, and that's what it says here. Meditate on these things. So I just gave you instruction today in ways to frame your world. You need to take what you heard me say, meditate on that, and learn to put that to work. I've got one more message that I'm going to preach on framing your world, and I'm going to give you I'm going to give you the majority, not all of it, but the majority of the information that I use to frame my world. I'm going to give you the majority of what I have. 
I've given you things at different times in the past, but it's real important that in this next message, this last message that I preach, it's really important that you understand what this means. And I'm going to share with you how I develop this and how I tweak it all the time by hearing God in things that I hear preached. Like today, I may go back and listen to my message and hear something in the message that I add to part of my daily routine. You may hear something today that really stuck with you. God wants you to hear him about how to break that down and put it into a form of some kind of words that you say out of your mouth. Because it's not enough just to hear what's being said. It's got to be things that come out of our mouth to frame our world, to position us to be in a place, to be on the receiving end of all that God has for us. I'm telling you, I love preaching this word to you today. I'm telling you, I love this word. I love this revelation because it continually grows in me all the time. But I love realizing that we can't lose in this life. We don't have to knock on wood and be afraid that, you know, well, yeah, but maybe the devil will get the best of us. No, he'll never get the best of you. You say, yeah, but what if something happened and I died face to face with God? How's that a loser? Huh? That's no, there's no, you're not losing anything there. Huh? You don't have to deal with any of the crudola down here. But you know what he wants? He wants us to overcome. It's not enough just to, well, when we get to heaven, no, 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 we need to practice it now. We need to make it a part of our lives now. We need to be overcoming now in this life. Can you say amen to that? And I'm telling you, I believe in you. I believe everyone at the sound of my voice today can do something, just a little something, and and advance more and get better at framing your world with the Word.